thank you again for, for being here today. Um, today's a, a, a special day. It's a different kind of a day. We have a very full worship service. Um, I know that it's a little bit warm in here, and so um, part of the reason it gets warm is because there's a lot of people in here, but also because um, there's hot air that comes in from outside. So I, I would ask if you, as much as possible, um, could keep from going in and out of here. That That's probably the easiest thing we can do. We're jacking the AC down as cool as we can get it, but um, yeah, fan yourself if that helps you. Um, as we continue in our worship, we're going to do a few things today before we look in the Word of God and come to the table of grace. We're going to hear from a couple of our folks who have been to different places and have experienced God and have heard from God and have seen the Lord working in their lives. Um, Chelsea Hahn is going to be a ninth grader at the First Academy. It's a local uh, private school, a Christian school in Orlando. So she's going to come and share uh, what the Lord has been doing in her heart through um, a retreat um, that brought churches together from the South Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic part of the United States um, that about 30 of our people were at. And then after that, um, Isaac Lee is going to be a sophomore at the University of Florida, just came back two weeks ago from a trip to Ecuador, is going to come and share the things that the Lord did in his heart. Um, and then after that, we're going to watch um, a video of some of the things that we have seen and done while in, in Ecuador as well. So first, um, as Chelsea Hahn comes up to share, can we give her a round of applause as she... Chelsea Hahn, and I'm a rising ninth grader at the First Academy, um, and this is just a reflection on the Synod 2013 uh, summer retreat I went to this past summer. Um, so honestly, going into this Synod retreat, I wasn't expecting anything from God. Um, I felt very uncomfortable during our first service uh, because of how different worship was, um, the overwhelming number of people, um, and also because I didn't know anyone at this retreat um, besides fellow harvesters, um, but God quickly replaced these uncomfortable feelings with blessings. Um, he reminded me um, what the true heart of worship is, um, which is adoring and praising all that he is and all that he's done. Um, he challenged me to worship him as if it were just he and I, he and I in a room together, um, regardless of my emotions or his circumstance. Um, he also convicted me of my lack of devotion to him, um, how I failed to love him, and all the times I should have chosen to glorify him through my actions and words, but failed to do so. Um, I felt guilty at first, but he showed me grace, um, and that he, used, he uses the weak to lead us strong, um, and even uses our weaknesses to glorify him. Um, and God's blessings didn't stop there. Um, he reminded me of the desperate need for you students who not only talk about how to be a faithful follower of Christ, um, but are a faithful follower of Christ. Um, even though I go to a Christian school, I see so many people um, who desperately need Christ in their lives. Um, last year in the summer, God has been tugging at my heart to do something um, to bring my peers closer to Christ. Um, I prayed about this burden in my heart um, and suddenly had the idea to start a Bible study. Um, I was hesitant and questioned God if I was the right person to do this and told God maybe someone more adequate should start something, not me. Uh, maybe someone older will start a Bible study. Maybe someone who's been at this school longer will start a prayer meeting. Um, but at this retreat, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians 12.9, which says, um, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect 
in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Pastor D.L. reminded me of 1 Timothy 4.12, which says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I believe God saw my questioning and discouragement um, and further reassured me at a seminar at this retreat. The seminar was about um, hearing the hopeful heart of God, um, led by the other guest speaker, Pastor Alex. The seminar had us pray for someone by asking God to send encouragement through a verse or a, script, or a picture, um, because in Scripture, Jesus says that his sheep would hear his voice. After sharing a few stories about his experiences, he led us pair up with another person um, and led us through a few exercises. Um, Daniel Chang and I were paired together, and I believe God really spoke through Daniel Chang. Uh, he prayed for me, and after praying, lifted his head and told me he kept getting the picture of a lion. I immediately thought of a school t-shirt I have, which pictures a shield with a lion's face over it, uh, our school mascot, and royals written above the picture, uh, our school mascot name. I saw this as God reassuring me of his calling for me as a student and encouraging me to be bold in my faith. I shared this with Pastor Alex, and he shared Revelations 5.5, which describes Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Um, he challenged me to be bold like a lion in my faith and not to be afraid of sharing Christ's love with others. Um, God also um, convicted me of how I neglected my personal time with God. I was reminded um, that prayer can move mountains, change lives, and change the world, but unfortunately, it's something we lack in this generation. I felt God calling me to spend more time with him by seeking him in the word and talking to him, not only praying for our church and pastors, but for our nation and the next generation of believers. Also, I was challenged to be a more compassionate and encouraging follower of Christ um, to the least of these. I think God really called me to not just love on those that are easily lovable, um, but those who need love the most, um, those who aren't easily lovable. Um, through the speakers and my counselors, God blessed, challenged, and convicted me at this retreat. As Synod has ended and the school year quickly approaches, um, I've been praying, and I think God is asking me to do the following. One, uh, to spend more time with him one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, my counselor uh, promised me she would help me keep uh, my devotional life accountable by texting me every day to remind me to spend time with God. Uh, unfortunately, she lost her phone while on a trip to Korea, but uh, we have been able to keep in touch using Facebook. Um, I plan on continuing Bible time, reading a chapter of the Bible, uh, journaling on that passage, and praying after journaling. Uh, number two, I feel God is asking me to start a group Bible study at school for my peers um, on the book Purpose Driven Life. I plan on coordinating with my teachers to find a time and place uh, for this Bible study once I get back to school. Number three, to think before I act and speak, um, to try my best to make sure everything I say and do glorifies Christ. Um, four, worship him as if it were just me and God by focusing on him while worshiping, not on other people or my emotions or my circumstance. Um, five, to love everyone, uh, not just the popular kids. Love the misfits by talking to them when I get the chance, making an effort to sit next to them during class or at lunch, uh, encouraging them with words, baking cookies for them for th on their birthday, anything that would show love and encouragement to them. Through this, I hope to reflect Christ's love to those who need it the most. Um, please pray for me as I now uh, am back home and 
um, about to start my first year of high school um, in three days, actually. Uh, pray that I would have the strength to act on my convictions, that I would love Jesus more and more, um, simply because he loved me first, that I would desire Christ more than, than anything that this world has to offer, um, that my peers would see Christ through me, um, not just me doing good deeds, that because of Christ's love for me, I would be encouraged to love everyone, even those who are difficult to love, and that I would be bold in my faith. I know at this retreat, uh, God restored my hunger and desire um, to know and love um, Christ more, solely based on the fact that he's loved me first. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, hello, my name is Isaac Lee, and I will soon begin my second year at uh, the University of Florida. I initially wanted to try and write my testimony without any references to our brother Tico and what happened two years ago, uh, for the same reason that I was scared to share a lot of my thoughts with my team during the trip, uh, simply because I didn't want to be that team member that brought down the attitude of the whole team, and because I don't want to bring down the mood of this service. However, trying to write this testimony without referencing Tico is like trying to write a sermon without referencing the Bible impossible. Last year, I, stra- I shared of my struggle with uh, guilt for not jumping in after Tico. When I returned from last year's trip, I was able to accept that Tico was with our Father in Heaven, and there was nothing I could have done about it, but I cannot say the burden had been lifted off my shoulders. When I do something, I try to do it to the fullest, and I'm not satisfied unless I know I've given my 100%, except for my schoolwork. Uh, when things go my way and, and, and turn out how I want, I'm proud of myself. When things don't turn out the way I plan, whether I had any control or not, I place a blame and responsibility upon myself. For the past year, my life has not been where I wanted it in terms of my relationship with Christ. When I first went to college, I struggled a great deal trying to find a church like Harvest. And for that reason, I was not firmly grounded in a church that could keep me accountable and pray for me. And this took a toll on my relationship with Christ. This led to many destructive thoughts, listening to lies that made me feel like a huge disappointment to God. I felt like I had let God down, and not only had the guilt started to resurface, I started to question my life here on earth. I started to think everything about my life had been a mistake. I thought that maybe God had finally made a mistake when he created me. I thought God had made a mistake by by taking Tico two day or by taking Tico that day two years ago. I never contemplated suicide because I knew that I was wrong, but I would pray and tell God that if he were to take my life, Right now, I would be okay with it. Um, worst of all, I couldn't help but get angry with God and wish it had been me two years ago in that river, not Tico. <clears throat> this past year consisted of me living life simply because I was too scared to take my own life. I was only living life because had I killed myself, I feared never seeing Tico again. I couldn't share this with my friends because I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer or reopen any wounds. I was scared to talk with Pastor DL and the members of our 2011 team and even Joseph. I kept it all to myself and hoped that no one would notice. <clears throat> so here comes this year's trip, and the second I set foot on Ecuadorian soil, I felt this weight lifted off my shoulders. As I wrote the first day I arrived in Ecuador, I forgot how in love I was with this place. After all the emotional and internal battling I've gone through, it really humbles me to be back in Ecuador. 
I was so glad to be back in Ecuador, and maybe it's because I felt closer to Tico while I'm there, but this sudden sense of peace just rested in my soul. Pastor Diao told the story of this little girl in China who had never been to church before and had never heard the gospel. When she went to church and heard worship songs for the first time, something inside of her just felt good. She felt good. This is what I felt on this trip. I felt pure joy, happiness, and relief. As I was in Ecuador, I wanted to be, as Psalm 1 says, a tree planted by streams of water that only prospers. The first half of our trip was in the Amazon. While there, I had the mentality to go all out. We worked long, hard days of ministry, and at the end of every day, I felt a sense of satisfaction. I was tired and had no energy at all, but I did not regret a single thing. I was physically tired from waking up at 7 a.m. and sleeping at midnight, but in my mind and heart, I wish we had just one more hour of daylight or one more hour to spend with the people we were ministering to. I never, struggled, I never struggled to wake up, nor did I wish our block parties were over. I wanted to keep going and going. Needless to say, along with the healing in my heart, God was also providing me with fervor for the children in the Amazon and energy to play, translate, act, and serve the people of Ecuador. There are many times when I just wanted to stop and go back to the hotel, but as I wrote in my journal, um, I said, I look, at it, I look at this as Satan being scared of what God is doing in my heart, and he's trying to tear me down. But I tell you, Satan, you will not win, for God is my strength, and in him I will place my trust. God is my trust, and the truth shall set me free. While the Amazon was a huge blessing, most of the healing took place in Quito. There, our ministry shifted, and I found myself not giving my 110%, like I did in the Amazon. I encouraged myself and my team to go all out, reminded by a line we saw in the Amazon during the movie, during, during a movie outreach. Um, uh, one night we watched uh, Facing the Giants, and the football coach tells one of his players, don't you walk off this field having done any less than your best. This was our field, our mission field, and I did not want to return home doing any less than my best. So I found myself sitting in a house church in Quito, and I had no idea what my testimony was. I thought about everything God was doing in my heart, and I came to a realization. A lot of people's testimonies talk about the moment they came to know Christ. I realized that I was still getting to know Christ. God didn't write my testimony a long time ago. He's still writing my testimony. Every moment of healing, I realized that God was showing me and helping me to know him better. This time here in Ecuador was my time to be healed, to give everything to him, but most of all, to know his sovereignty and unwavering love for me. I was encouraged to give my all in everything I did, in skits, VBS, loving our team, building relationships, and even sharing. I didn't want to do just enough because Christ didn't do just enough for us to be saved, but he went above and beyond the call of duty to win our souls, even dying on a cross. If I seek a Christ-like attitude, shouldn't I go above and beyond too? As I prepared to share my testimony at this house church and with my team members, I was reminded of Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I was called to Ecuador to share the gospel. It wasn't my job to bring salvation, but it was my job to plant seeds of faith so that the Holy Spirit can reap salvation in the hearts of those who believe. As I was afraid to share my thoughts and testimony, we read Psalm 139, and encouragement came from verse 12. Even the darkness will, be, will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. My dark thoughts and feelings were not too dark for God, and he would use them to shine the light. As I took hold of these promises and shared with my team how I felt like a mistake to God, I felt a sense of compassion coming from every team member, a love that I had been seeking for months. As I was sharing thoughts of how I felt like a mistake to God, we read verse 14 of Psalm 139 where it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. His works are wonderful. How could I dare be so selfish to tell God he made a mistake? As I shared with my team, I felt a new bond within my team and me. 
As I revealed all these thoughts that had gone through my head, all these troubles in my heart, I could not help but think of the chorus of a song by Hillsong titled Glorious Ruins. It says, let the ruins come to life and the beauty of your name rising up from the ashes. God, forever you reign. My soul will find refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will love you forever. God was telling me through my team that my ruins would come to life. And my only job was to find refuge in the shadow of his wings and to forever love him. So to conclude, I thank you, Harvest, and my family and friends for your prayers and support. Without you, this trip would have been meaningless. Along with the immense healing that happened in my heart, God uses healing to minister to the people of Ecuador through me. I thank God for his unconditional love and sovereignty in my life. I thank my church, my friends, and my family for their constant support and love for me. And I thank you, Tico. Thank you for serving, for loving, for worshiping, and for sacrificing. Because of your life, the lives of many others here in Ecuador and my life are forever changed because you obeyed God's calling. Because of your one life, we welcome in hundreds of more lives into the family of Christ. May we be encouraged to live as Tico did, but more importantly, would we live for the sake of the gospel. Thank you.